All right. I, I've been praying for, I know I've been praying for Sarah before she even was called missions. Uh, because I was praying for her daddy and her mama when they were called to missions in West Africa. Phil and I would correspond occasionally by letter. This is before email. And he would keep me posted on things there in West Africa where he and Beth were serving after his graduation from Southwestern. And so, uh, you know, I, I knew something about Sarah and something about Suzanne and something about Rebecca, you know, here before. You know, I got to meet them in person. And uh, I certainly prayed for them. And so it's our pleasure today to have with us uh, Scott and Sarah Park. And as I mentioned, their sons and Scott and Sarah are going to come and share with us here in just a moment about things that God has uh, led them through and missions work and just whatever the rest the Lord may want to put on your heart. They, they have served together in places like France and uh, Morocco, Jordan, and, uh, uh, and now serving in London. And so uh, we just want you to know, oh, and by the way, uh, they have these wonderful uh, prayer cards, and I know our people like to keep these handy, and, and their, uh, their prayer cards are out there on the information desk, and so you can pick one up and put it in your prayer log or your Bible and be praying for them, even as they go back on the mission field. And, uh, and then also, they have a, 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 a list out there, if you want to leave your email address, is that right? A name, email address, yeah. anything else? Bank numbers, pin numbers? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. But anyway, if you'd like to stay in touch and correspond with them, that would be great. And so we'll have that list out there on the information desk, and, and also we'll bring it over to the fellowship hall, lest you miss it there. Okay, so Brother Scott and Sister Sarah, how about coming on up here and, and you all share, and I'm going to get one of those cordless mics, uh, and we'll let Sarah use that, okay? All right, so come on up, brother. God bless you. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, thank you for inviting us to be here with y'all uh, today. It is a joy uh, to get to worship with y'all at Cornerstone. And um, it's really been a privilege for our family. The past, we've been back in the States for the past four months, and we've had the, the privilege of uh, worshiping with uh, other Baptist churches here in North Carolina and, and on in Texas where my family is at. Um, and it's, it's just been really refreshing uh, to, to worship in Southern Baptist churches since we've been, uh, been back here. Um, you know, uh, Southern Baptists have a, a rich history in missions as uh, we uh, take time, usually during this time of the, uh, the year, uh, to, uh, to receive money um, through the Lottie Moon Christmas offering to um, help continue to promote and to further the, the kingdom message of the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, throughout the ends of the earth. And so we would just like to thank you on behalf of the International Mission Board, um, the SBC's sending mission organization, uh, for your commitment, your faithfulness to be actively engaged in what God is doing throughout the world, um, and, and not just throughout the world, um, uh, you know, to other countries, but um, w with the work that you're doing here locally in Winston-Salem, and in the state and, and, and other partnerships that you may have. Um, we also want to thank you for your faithfulness to, to pray for, for missionaries um, such as ourselves, uh, other missionaries that, um, that you've partnered with in, in Kenya and, and, and some other places. Those prayers uh, are often 
um, what anchor us and encourage us throughout uh, the day-to-day -day life as we serve overseas because sometimes we do feel um, isolated or uh, we have um, we're, we're discouraged um, in, in, in the ministry um, or we face other hardships or struggles day-to-day uh, -day. and we just want to thank you for your support um, I'd like to begin uh, sharing and, and reading a passage of scripture and, and I would ask you to stand as, as I read it it's from Revelations chapter 7 and starting in verse 9 going on to, uh, to, to verse 12 it says after this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb and all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying amen blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever amen amen, amen. You may be seated. Well, my wife and I, I'm going to ask Sarah she'd come up. Um, to begin with, since we just have kind of a short amount of time to, to really get to share with y'all and for y'all to get to know us, us to get to know y'all later um, during the, the fellowship meal, uh, we'd like to share a little bit about our journey, uh, how God has moved in, in, in our lives. Um, brought our lives together and, and has had us uh, to serve him overseas. But uh, to start out with, I'd like for, for Sarah just to give uh, her an opportunity to, to share with y'all um, her side of the story. Um, thank you so much for having us this morning. And um, we're just blessed to be here with you and this beautiful church. And so thankful for everything that God has done for you and for us. And God has just really impressed upon my heart this year and kind of starting last year that he wants me to love other believers, other brothers and sisters in Christ so much because we're one body and even if we've never met, we have a special bond because we're brothers and sisters in Christ. So I just feel really honored to be here today. So I grew up in West Africa and had many, many wonderful experiences in Africa. So as I was growing up, I thought I'd love to go back one day and serve. And I met Scott, and we got married in 2001, and God began working in our hearts, and we began wanting to go more and more. And we raised money and we, ourselves and took a short-term trip to Paris, and we were interested in going back there. But God really impressed upon our hearts that there are people that have never gotten an opportunity to hear about Jesus. And a lot of those people lived in North Africa and the Middle East. And I knew people who worked in North Africa and the Middle East, and they were sharing Jesus um, with Muslims mainly. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. They're doing such a great job. But I don't think that's for me. I think I'll, I'll enjoy going to Africa or Asia and working with different kinds of peoples, but just not sure about going to North Africa. But God told us to go to Morocco. We really felt impressed in our hearts to go there. And so out of obedience, we accepted that assignment and, and went. And God did amazing things. The people we met and the things we've learned through our experiences um, in North Africa and the Middle East have been invaluable. And the 
Christians that we met in the Middle East. Um, there's not very many, but there are some, and that's where Jesus was born, in the Middle East. And just how exciting it is to see the first church that came out of the Middle East, and now some of them are going up into Europe and starting new churches all around Europe, and we are just so excited about that. Of course, we are just crying in our hearts for the people who are suffering, um, coming out of Syria and just really suffering, and they've lost everything. But we do praise God that there are so many churches starting in Europe and um, throughout Europe and the Middle East because of the, the things that are going on. So that's just a, a very small um, part about my journey. So I'll hand it over to Scott. So, uh, in a sense, uh, both Sarah and I are MKs. Uh, she grew up as a missionary kid. Um, my parents, when I was born, were missionaries in the Philippines. And uh, two months after I was born, my dad went active duty as a chaplain in the United States Air Force. And uh, from that point on, every two or three years of our lives, we moved to the States or overseas to Germany, States, back to Germany, overseas, uh, back to the States and into Korea. And, Back to the states and some other states, and um, come my senior year in high school, uh, we were in Stafford, Virginia, uh, not far from here, and we had some missionaries uh, from West Africa come to our youth group one night and share about what God was doing uh, in that part of the world where they were uh, serving, um, what God had been doing in their own lives, and and they were just really just testifying to what God was doing. Um, at, at that point in time uh, among the people that they were serving and uh, it was during their um, their presentation or, or their witness of what was going on Lord, that um, I felt like God was leading me uh, as well to go and serve him overseas and at that point in time uh, I didn't know uh, where he would be leading me or when this would occur um, and so I, I graduated high school and went on to uh, Texas Tech, uh, to university, and, um, and majored in, in French. Uh, I'd already met Sarah. We had met uh, working as summer staff at Ridgecrest Baptist Conference Center uh, one summer. And uh, so we, we had this uh, period of courtship. She was in university here in, in North Carolina at Gardner-Webb. And, um, and uh, July 14th of 2001, um, I had just finished my junior year in university. Uh, she had um, uh, graduated about six months um, before that. Um, but that summer, uh, July, uh, my wife and I had gotten married. Um, and come August um, of that year, uh, it was time to start my senior year um, at university. I majored in French. Uh, out in West Texas, there were only two of us uh, studying French, um, apparently. So it was a, a small, a small class that graduated. Uh, however, um, <laughs> so the class started in August. Um, come September uh, 11th, uh, we all woke up to tragic events that, that we recently remembered, the 15th anniversary of. Um, of the attacks that took place in, in, in New York at the World Trade Centers and, and the, the, the flight over Pennsylvania and, and the one in, at the Pentagon in, in our nation's capital in D.C. And that hit uh, 
hit me and my family uh, particularly um, uh, hard because uh, though my, at that point in time my, my parents were stationed at Peterson Air Force Base in Colorado Springs but uh, my dad uh, had an assignment and he was at the Pentagon that morning and, and for uh, nearly 24 hours we didn't know if he was alive or not and so um, up at that point in time and perhaps this is true for you uh, as well as it was for me um, I didn't know anything about Islam or Muslims. The only, the only person I had ever heard of that was a Muslim was Muhammad Ali. And I knew that he was a Muslim, but I didn't know what that meant. I just knew he, he believed something different than what I believed. And um, uh, that, that horrific event was, was hard for uh, our family to, to process for myself. Um, but over a period of years, um, as Sarah had mentioned, um, God was taking our hearts on a, on, on a journey and, and, and mending some um, hurt from those events, as well as preparing us, uh, opening our eyes uh, of what God was doing among uh, uh, Muslims. Uh, and, and that it wasn't, this good news of the gospel wasn't just for uh, us here in the States, but, it, um, but that he loved them as well. And um, this, the passage that I opened up uh, sharing with you um, from Revelations, I, I wanted to share that with y'all this morning because it gives us an envision as what we as a people of God and the church of God are going to see in the end days. There's going to be a great assembly of every nation, tribe, people group, and language represented before the throne of God, standing together in one voice, crying out, Salvation belongs to God and unto the Lamb. Yes. And that's where we're moving. Um, and uh, in our ministry uh, to serving Muslims and, and trying to proclaim uh, the gospel with them, uh, uh, we left thinking that we would be in Morocco uh, working with uh, Berbers in southern Morocco for um, indefinitely. However, God had other plans. We, we were there for a year, um, then we were in Jordan for a year. Um, uh, we returned back to the States for a little bit. Then he had us serve him in, in Paris, uh, France, uh, working primarily with North Africans there for three years. And then the past two and a half years we've been uh, serving in, in London. And um, before we share about our ministry there in, in London, um, I wanted to give you just kind of a, a brief overview of, uh, of Islam and, and, and this belief system that, that we're engaging uh, when, uh, when we have conversations with, with Muslims. Um, it started in uh, 570 AD is uh, when uh, the birth of Muhammad. Um, it wasn't until uh, five, or not five, uh, 610 AD, uh, he was uh, isolated in a cave at which point he claimed to have received a, a visit from an angel and uh, received these revelations from God. And after a few years, um, he, he started to share these claims of revelations from God with, with some people, and um, they, started, they, they believed him uh, these, about these teachings, these sayings, and, and he continued to receive these uh, revelations from time to time throughout his life, um, so he claimed. And... Um, this, this gathering um, of, of followers grew and grew and grew. 
and uh, it was about 632 AD. He's, he's, uh, he's well established. Um, he's, he's a leader of people. Uh, he's a man of faith for uh, this people. And uh, he's living in the city of Medina in, in Saudi Arabia. And uh, he, he has this desire for Mecca in Saudi Arabia to be the, the, the capital, um, the, the spiritual city um, uh, for uh, this faith of Islam much like uh, Jerusalem would be for, for the Jews. And so he wages war on, on Mecca, and he's victorious. And uh, so this is 632 AD, but shortly after his victory, Muhammad died. And so uh, the, the followers that were kind of with him from the very beginning, um, they were in disaccord about who should rise up to be the, the, the new spiritual leader for, for the people. Uh, to bring unity and, and direction and spiritual leadership. And uh, they were in disagreement. And so that's kind of where you get these uh, different groups um, that you hear about, the Shias and Sunnis, Al-Mahadiyya. Um, and then you've got some, some uh, mixtures of some, um, some other beliefs that are Islamic but incorporate some um, um, uh, folk is Islam, um, some superstitions as well. Um, uh, but in general, uh, all of these Muslim groups um, believe uh, kind of five basic uh, principles that are essential to their faith. Um, and they're not in any particular order, but, but one of them is the, the shahada, which is their confession of faith, that, um, that there is only one God, Allah, which is just God in Arabic, um, and that uh, Muhammad is his messenger. So they've got their confession of faith. Uh, they also are required to give a zakat, which is uh, a tithe or almsgiving uh, of two and a half percent of their annual income. And they can give that to charities, to, uh, to their mosque, um, to those who are in need. Uh, they're also required to pray five times a day at, at prescribed times uh, every day. And these prayers that they pray, they're, they're not prayers that are out of the overflow of their heart to God. They're uh, memorized, scripted, they're in Arabic. So whether you understand Arabic or not, um, if you're from another country, it has to be in Arabic. Um, but uh, Muslims from the Middle East believe that, um, that, uh, that God's language is, is Arabic. Um, they're also required to fast uh, for 30 days at, during a period called Ramadan. And, th and that period kind of shifts each year with a, a, a different calendar year. But um, during this time, they, they fast from sunup to sundown. Uh, once that sun goes down, they can eat as much as they want or can until the sun comes up. And uh, depending on where you live in the, in the world, um, you might have more daylight. So the fasting can be a lot more challenging or it, it's not so challenging. Or, or just the time of the year as it shifts. Um, the summertime is a, a difficult time for, for Muslims when it comes to, to Ramadan. Um, and then lastly, they're required to go on uh, Hajj, which is a, a pilgrimage, uh, which is uh, very, very important. Uh, Muslims greatly desire to do this. It's a pilgrimage to go visit the, the city of Mecca in Saudi Arabia. There's a, a black box called the Kaaba uh, that you may have seen on the news or uh, pictures, but uh, they'll, they'll go, they'll walk around it um, to, to another part of the city and they'll throw stones. Um, but anyways, if they're able to go and visit um, uh, the Kaaba um, at some point in their life at, at, at that point whenever it is whether they're uh, 
uh, my age or, or elderly, any of their, their past grievances towards God um, or um, misdeeds will be wiped away. Uh, they'll kind of have a clean slate. And so that's why it's so important to go uh, for a Muslim to, to go to, to, to Mecca um, is because that greatly increases their, their, their chances of being able to go into paradise or um, um, their understanding of heaven. Um, and uh, even if, uh, if somebody's elderly or, or, um, or has a, a handicap and for whatever reason cannot go to Mecca, they can pay for somebody to go in their place and that will serve as um, uh, the same uh, kind of atonement, if you will, of their, of their sins. Uh, so somebody can, uh, can do that for them. Um, but even if they do all five of these things, the, the confession of faith, the, the giving of their 2.5% each year, they're praying five times a day, they're 30 days of fasting every year, and get to go uh, to Mecca uh, once in their life, even if they do all five of those things, there's no guarantee in Islam that they'll get to go to paradise. It's very much a, a works-based uh, religion. Um, they hope that um, in the end that their good deeds will outweigh their bad deeds. Uh, that they, they don't have any um, uh, accounts of what their good deeds are worth or their bad deeds um, are worth. And so um, there's a real sense of, uh, and, and lack of, uh, of hope in this religion. Um, it's all at the mercy of God. Um, and, and their hope is just that God would be merciful to them and let them in uh, whenever they die. Um, in addition to, to all that, uh, Muslims do believe that there are four holy books. They, uh, their primary uh, holy book is the Quran, which is a compilation of, of all of these uh, revelations that Muhammad claimed to have received and that his, uh, uh, his followers had, had written down on, uh, on bone, on branches, on, um, on rocks, leaves, wh whatever they could find to, to get these uh, sayings written down. They had been compiled sometime after his death, and, and then they had um, to make their, their holy book the Quran. Um, but they also believe in the Torah, which is the, the Old Testament, um, about the law of Moses, really. Um, they believe that, that that's a holy book. They believe um, that the Zabur is a holy book, and the Zabur are the Psalms of David. Uh, and lastly, the, they believe in the Injil the, the is a holy book. And the Injil is the New Testament account of the, the life and ministry of, of, of Jesus. However, uh, they believe that the Torah, the Law of Moses, the Zabur, the Psalms of David, and the Injil, the New Testament, have been corrupted. And so there's not really an interest for them to read books that they believe have been corrupted and changed. And so um, uh, if they are devout Muslims, they, they will only read uh, the Quran. Um, and then lastly, they, they also believe in all the prophets from the Old Testament. They, they believe um, in Abraham, Noah, Moses, uh, David, and, and, and four. Um, concerning Jesus, uh, they do believe that Jesus was alive, they, but they, they don't believe that he was the Son of God. They only believe that he uh, was a prophet. And, um, but interestingly enough, they do believe that on the last day, the day of judgment, that Jesus is going to return and cast judgment on those who did not follow Islam. So, um, 
that's just kind of a brief introduction uh, to uh, the belief system of, of Muslims. Um, as you can see, there, there, are, um, there are some connecting points with, uh, uh, with their understanding of the Bible, the, the prophets of the Old Testament. Those, those are in their belief system. You can, you can share the story of Abraham. A very important uh, time to celebrate for them is the sacrifice of Abraham. Um, and this is uh, several days after the end of Ramadan each year, but um, uh, if you have a Muslim friend, um, it would be a, a wonderful time to, to share that story from the Bible, the, the true story uh, of, uh, of that account. Um, one of the main differences in that story that they have is that uh, the one that Abraham sacrificed was Ishmael and, and not uh, Isaac. Um, however, there is still that provision of God with the ram at the end of the story. And so there are, there are places to help connect those dots of truth uh, with, with Muslims and conversations. Um, with that, I'd like to share with y'all um, uh, our ministry in London, the past two and a half years. London is a city of uh, about 8.6 million people. Uh, the population of North Carolina is nearly 10 million, last I checked. So about 86% of North Carolina in one city um, is what we have. It's a hodgepodge, a, a mixture of people from all over the world. Uh, I read somewhere that uh, if it's not the most diverse, it's, it's definitely one of the most ethnically diverse cities in the world. Uh, there's about uh, 550,000 North African, Middle Eastern uh, Muslims uh, living in London. Uh, that doesn't include uh, Somalians, which are also part of our, um, the people that we're reaching. Um, they, they probably make up the, the majority of the uh, North African Muslims uh, in London. Um, and it also doesn't include uh, Muslims from Pakistan or Afghanistan and out in Central Asia or Iran. Um, so there's many, many more. Um, but we have a short video clip that we'd like to share with you, and then we'll share with you a bit more about the, our actual ministry there.
So we have uh, we have uh, two uh, main ministries that uh, there in London. Uh, we have a local ministry where we live. We kind of live in the northwestern part of the city, but um, ministry as well as in the, the kind of the heart of of London. And uh, uh, Sarah's going to share a little bit about uh, the local ministry that she's been involved with, and then I'll share a little bit more. As Sarah said, just in, in our neighborhood where our kids go to school, uh, there's families from, uh, from Yemen, uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, uh, from uh, Syria, from Iraq, uh, Somalia, uh, Morocco, and um, I'm sure that I've forgotten a few, but um, really from that whole region of North Africa and the Middle East, there's families represented. And so we've had the opportunity to uh, get to know just people in our community, just doing life together. Uh, it's very common uh, in, in London or in the UK in general, for uh, at least while your children are in elementary school, uh, for the parents to, uh, to walk their kids to school and then uh, be at the school to pick them up and walk back. And so um, since that's a part of the culture there, um, and, and all of our boys were all in the same elementary school, um, uh, the parents, they just have time to hang out, uh, waiting on the kids to come out. And so we got to know each other. Uh, we um, would uh, intentionally uh, invite uh, other, uh, their friends or um, uh, their parents to come meet us in, into the park uh, in, in the neighborhood after school uh, or on the weekends uh, just to, uh, to spend time with them and uh, to get to know them better. And. Uh, so in addition to uh, ESL, which um, uh, the, the ministry that Sarah's had, uh, God just really had his hand in that uh, with her because 
because of her faithfulness to do that for a year plus in, a, in another town that, uh, not too far from us, God opened the doors for, for Sarah to um, start uh, ESL groups with some ladies from, um, from our neighborhood in the local library. Um, there was a new family that had arrived uh, from the Middle East uh, in, uh, in our neighborhood and uh, they didn't have any English, um, uh, only the father did. And, and they heard about Sarah, that, that she could teach English, so they invited uh, both myself and her to, to go. Uh, in those uh, early weeks and months, uh, uh, this family had it was maybe six children at the time, uh, ranging from uh, uh, nursery age on, on up into high school without English. And so we were able to uh, work with them, and now they speak uh, British uh, English with that accent um, just as well as anybody. Um, and, and through that, um, we'd have, we've had the opportunity to, to share uh, truth with that family as well. And our team is, is always uh, trying to, um, well, praying through and, and, and trying new things out and um, uh, trying to, to maximize and, um, the, uh, the potential, the opportunities for us to engage more people with, with the gospel um, from North Africa and the Middle East. Um, and about a year and a half ago, um, I started running uh, fairly regularly and after probably about after six months or so, um, about the only time I can do it is, is early in the morning before uh, the, the kids go off to school. So it's about uh, 5.30 to 6, I'll, I'll head out and it's dark and I'm just kind of running by myself to, to get it in. And um, this one time, I, uh, one morning I was praying and just asking God, you know, what, what, what could we do uh, to, to engage more people? And um, he, he kind of laid on my heart, well, why not do something that you enjoy doing and, and, and do it with people? And so I'm running along and running along. So, you know, God just kind of whacked me across the head. You're running! <laughs> um, why not invite some people to run with you? You don't need to do that by yourself. Um, and it might be safer. So, um, it, it was shortly after that that um, I, I started kind of a running group uh, to get together on, on the weekends. Um, and then... Sarah was talking to one of her friends from uh, Somalia that, um, uh, you know, saying how crazy I was about running or something, and um, and she said, you know what, my husband needs to start exercising. Um, they need to meet. Um, it, it had already been about a year. They had this friendship, and I never met their husband or her husband. And um, uh, so she told her husband about me, and uh, he he agreed that um, that we. Uh, could meet, and so he told her to tell Sarah to tell me that we needed to meet, and so we um, we agreed to the, the hookup uh, at the park uh, probably the next day that afternoon, um, and the kids could play together and, and, and we'd uh, get to visit, and so during that time he um, he mentioned that uh, uh, he was interested in exercising. He'd heard that that I was running. Um, that he'd like to start running. He, he was a, a taxi driver, so he um, spent a lot of time uh, sitting down. Um, and so uh, about two to three times a week, we uh, would run before going uh, to take the kids to school. And during this relationship, um, there would be days that we just went to the coffee shop and, and, and talked for a bit. Um, but um, 
oftentimes God would lead us into spiritual conversation, conversations. And um, it was uh, towards the end of our time there, um, we were both going to pick up the kids. We got there kind of early for some reason and um, uh, too early to go in, inside the school gate. So we went out to the park and um, I was able to share the, the full gospel message with him. And uh, uh, he, he kind of nodded in agreement with, you know, as we were having the conversation. And he said, you know, we're so close in what we believe. It, the only thing that we don't agree about is who Jesus is. And, you know, it was hard to hear that because, you know, you, you invest in people's lives and you care genuinely about people's hearts and their eternal uh, destination to hear that response. But one of the, one of the first things that um, one of our team leaders had, had, had told us when we had re arrived in Morocco, this is eight or nine years prior to this, um, was that the way that Muslims spell love is T-I-M-E, time. Time in relationship is so important uh, to Muslims, or just in general, from people from the North Africa and the Middle East, not to mention in Asia and other countries uh, throughout the world. But it is essential. And those that ha have seen people come to faith in Christ, most of them have all said that they've shared over and over and over and over. And other people have shared many times uh, with these same people, hearing the same gospel truth. And it could be 10 times, it could be 30, 50, 100 times that they hear the message before whatever happened, for whatever reason, God allows that time to take place for the Holy Spirit to, um, to work in their hearts to accept and receive that good news of Christ Jesus in their hearts. But He is faithful, and people are coming to, to faith in Christ. Um, as yet, that's the encouragement and the hope that I have for, for this particular friend and, and some others that, that we've um, been, been working with. I'm currently working on, um, on a, a degree through Liberty for life coaching, and our team is trying to uh, start, uh, this is something that, that if y'all would remember some prayer about, is starting a kind of a non-for-profit non organization to provide services to um, North African Middle Easterns in, in the city. Um, but uh, to offer that as a, a service along with the ESL that, that our team has been doing and also our friends, um, our, our colleagues, they're from Statesville, North Carolina. Um, and their background is in doing SAT prep. Well, there, there's a, a Saudi school uh, not far from where we live and uh, they're hoping to be able to get to network with that school to offer SAT prep for students that would be interested in going to university here um, and to um, build relationships uh, th through that route. So those are a few of the things that, um, that we've been doing locally. Um, we have some local partnerships through the, the local church that we attend there, um, as well as our colleagues. Um, but our, our primary um, uh, ministry that we have going on in central London has to do with uh, on the street uh, broad seed sowing e evangelism, uh, sharing the, the gospel orally, handing out um, material like this. Uh, this is the, the New Testament, the Injil um, in Arabic. Uh, and then we also have uh, the Jesus film, which is in Arabic uh, about the life uh, of Jesus. 
And every summer, from mid-July to mid-August, we have something called London Bridges. And um, this is uh, an outreach opportunity that um, is offered to any of our churches here in the U.S. to, to partner with us. Our, our primary logistical partner in the States is um, from Western Avenue uh, Baptist Church out in Statesville. Um, this ministry has been going on for nearly 20 years. Um, and what it is from, uh, there's, uh, during this time frame, mid-July to mid-August, for, for some reason, uh, folks from uh, Dubai, in the United Arab Emirates, in Saudi, uh, Kuwait, even Iraq, and uh, some of these other countries, um, oil-rich countries, they come over, and they spend about two weeks to a month of doing a shopping spree in London. And um, partly to escape the heat of, of their summers, um, and then partly... Uh, uh, they love it so much that many of them will bring and ship over their cars just so they can drive them uh, there. But um, there, there's a location um, where um, of shops and uh, kind of North African, Middle Eastern restaurants uh, where uh, these tourists come uh, to spend their time, as well as a park, a uh, huge park. Um, and so we have teams from uh, kind of mid-afternoon on till about nine in the evening um, out there um, on the streets in different locations as well as in the park. Um, we don't do the distribution in the park, but on the streets. We have packets in a, kind of a sulfane wrapping. Um, it has the New Testament, it says Injil, Al-Injil, which is the, the, the New Testament. Um, and then this is on the other side, so they can see uh, Al-Messiah, which is the, the Messiah in Arabic. Um, and uh, we train uh, the volunteers to uh, a few Arabic phrases. Um, and by the end of the, the week or 10 days, um, they've got them down, but they just simply would say, you know, hello, this is uh, a free gift, Al-Haldiya uh, Mijani. It's a free gift. It's the, the, the New Testament. It's a film about the life of Jesus. And uh, this, this past summer, uh, we handed out nearly 6,000 of these packets uh, to, uh, to Muslims, from, uh, primarily from the Middle East, but from North Africa as well, uh, who, who received in their hand, knowing exactly what it was about, um, the, the New Testament in Arabic, the film about the life of Jesus in Arabic. Um, All together, the volunteers, um, we, we, volunteer, or we partner with uh, the Jesus Film Project, which um, produces these films. Um, it's been around since 1979, um, as well as some Arab Christians from Lebanon and, and Syria and, and, and Egypt. And all together with our uh, American partners, our, our Arab uh, believer friends, and uh, the Jesus Film Project, um, the volunteers were able to have uh, over 1,300 spiritual conversations uh, that took place. Most of those were in English. Um, those who didn't speak English, we, we'd match them up with our, our Arab friends. Um, over 600 full gospel uh, presentations were given. Um, so uh, all, all that to say is that uh, by the end of those conversations, uh, people were able to ask if they would like to accept um, the message that they had heard, understanding uh, the full gospel of, of Jesus Christ and, um, uh, and, and God's provision through him for salvation. Uh, and um, by the end of that one-month period, 14 people came to faith. Um, 
One of them was an American there on holiday. Uh, one was Peruvian. One was a, a British person. But the rest were from North Africa and the Middle East. Only four of those people actually lived in London, and our colleagues have been following up with them. Um, but the others were tourists from the Middle East, and our Arab friends have been following up uh, with, with those believers. So uh, that's a project that, that, that's ongoing uh, year to year. If you're um, interested in that, then uh, we can talk a bit later, um, maybe during the, the lunchtime, about it. Um, I didn't bring one up here. On the bottom of our prayer card, uh, there's a verse from uh, Acts 17, uh, 26 through 27. I just wrote a few of the words uh, of that passage on there, but um, maybe a reminder if you pick up one uh, to reference it. But um, it takes place, uh, Paul's in Athens, and uh, he's speaking to the people, and he's talking about God. And it says, uh, and he, God, uh, made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having established allotted periods of times and the boundaries of their dwelling places that they should, that people, that they should seek God and find him. Yet he, God, is, is not actually far from us. And I want uh, that, that passage has kind of been um, a passage that our team has um, been dwelling on and thinking about this uh, past year or so. Um, as we've kind of been seeing what God's been doing in, in London and throughout the world. Um, so I, I just want to kind of expound on, on, on this, uh, this passage just for a little bit. Um, because it, for whatever, it's just kind of, it kind of blows my mind to think about it. That from, from one man, Adam, God created every person here on earth. And we know from John 3.16 that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son uh, that whoever would believe in him uh, would uh, not perish but have eternal life. And uh, God loves his creation from Adam on to present. He sent his son for each one of us throughout history um, that all who would put our faith, our trust in him um, those looking on to, towards uh, the coming of the Messiah, uh, still putting their faith and trust in Him, and then, and then He comes. We're, we celebrate His coming uh, this month and, and, and next week. Um, but um, throughout history, God has placed us. Um, the next bit of that, that verse is, um, he's, he's established allotted periods of times and the boundaries of the dwelling places. He, he, he's appointed when we would live throughout history. Um, if you think about all the stories from the Old Testament and um, uh, on into the present where he has connected us now, our lives here in this moment, um, our lives. Sarah and I, if you'd asked us three years ago if if we would ever dream or th imagine that God would have sent us to London, we, it was nowhere on our radar. Um, three years before that, had you asked us um, if we, we might be living in, in Paris, France, nowhere near our radar. Um, but God has determined where we would be, the times that we would be there. And Probably in the past 10 or 15 years on back, I remember um, in, 
elementary school, middle school, perhaps you remember, um, you're learning the, 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 in geography, the states, the shapes. We've been going, uh, working on that with our boys recently. Um, learning the states. You, you've got the boundaries. You, you know where they are on the map. Um, if you get, go into world history, you, you, into Europe, you've got Spain, you've got France, you've got Germany, Belgium, Austria, you've got England, um, in, in Africa. Um, somewhere in there is Benin and the Ivory Coast. There's Morocco. Uh, Egypt's in there, South Africa at the bottom. Um, we're not even going to go into Asia, but clearly defined boundaries. Um, and uh, 20 years ago, um, the, the people within those countries looked more homogenous. They, they kind of looked the same. Um, but more and more over time, as this world and transportation, technology, communication, travel, um, has kind of blurred these boundary lines. And with what is going on in Afghanistan, in, in Syria, in Iraq, um, in, in countries in North Africa and Somalia, there's still persecution there. Um, these wars, the persecutions of believers, even persecutions of other Muslims from other Muslims, God is shaking these boundaries, shaking these kingdoms, these nations, and he is dispersing people, as we hear about in the news, all over Europe and here into the States. And though it may not seem like it at, at times, that God is sovereign over what is going on here. He's establishing a lot of period of times in history of where we are, um, the boundary lines of, of, of where we're living in these countries like Saudi Arabia or Iraq or Kuwait, um, Afghanistan, Somalia, these places that have had uh, very little to probably zero access to the gospel. He's sending these Muslims into Europe across you know, Turkey and into Europe, over the Atlantic here, into the U.S. where there is still, praise God, the freedom of religion, where we can worship together freely. There's a church on nearly every church or street corner. And these people that couldn't have heard the gospel preached and heard and, and lived out where they were living are now living in places where they can hear the gospel. And it's a big responsibility for the churches in Europe, here in the U.S., to rise to the challenge, to join God in what He is sovereign over and what He's doing, to participate and to be that voice um, uh, to uh, Muslims as they come. Again, in John 3.16, we know that God loves the world. He loves every single person. When I think about... Um, my friend, I've got several friends named Muhammad, so we'll just we'll go with Muhammad. Um, thinking about them, it's and what's gone on in our nation. There's still terrorist attacks and threats and attempts here in the states. They're in France. They're in Germany. There's plenty of attempts in, in, in the UK. Um, but um, and and that unnerves us. That creates usually fear, terror, animosity, seeing people as the enemy, um, and us feeling justified to, to, to be better uh, than others. But even so, 
one of the passages that, that, that we had shared with the, the boys early on when we returned back to the States was uh, from the Sermon on the Mount where we're, we're told to, to pray for our enemies, to, to love our enemies. And thinking about uh, God's love for us and our rebellion and sin and throughout the rebellion of mankind throughout history, how much God has loved myself, how much He loves you. He doesn't, he doesn't love Muslims any differently. He loves them just as much. He values them as people, as his creation, just as much as he values you or, or me and my, my family. And we have a, a, a responsibility uh, to love them just as much as, as God loves them and, 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 and show that love uh, for them through sending his one and only son, Jesus, who he loved to the cross. Um, Paul, um, in, in, in writing to the Romans, uh, there's that passage in, in chapter 10. He, he says, how, how can they call on the one whom they not believe, and how can they, be, they believe in the one whom they not heard, and how can they hear without someone preaching, and how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And that's not, he doesn't write that just for uh, my family as we're out overseas or uh, Mr. and Mrs. Oakley as they had served overseas. Or, um, that's for all who would bear witness to Christ. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Just two verses down in, in 17 it says, And faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. So not only are we to, uh, to be the, the hands and feet of Christ, but we're also to be His voice in proclaiming the message of Christ through, through the Word of God. There's that, 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 that one scenario when um, uh, there was a religious leader and he comes up to Jesus and he, and he asks uh, Jesus, uh, what's, the, what's the most important commandment? And, and Jesus replies, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. But he doesn't stop there. It's not just to know God. It's not just to love Him with all of who you are. He continues. He, he answers, or gives a, an additional answer to a question that, that, that the religious leader didn't actually ask. But it's to love your neighbor as yourself. And so, um, we have that responsibility to be his hands, his feet, his voice. We've got that mandate from Jesus on the, the um, before he, he went up into heaven to, to, to go and, and um, uh, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and to, to teach uh, them everything that he had commanded them. Uh, and then he encourages you and me through that last little bit of that verse where he says, and surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. And then right before he goes into heaven and he tells the disciples there um, uh, that, that they're going to be his witnesses th throughout the world, Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Right before that, he's, he says that you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then we see that manifested in, in the Pentecost. And um, just affirmation that he is with all those who would believe and put their hope and trust in, in Him. And He'll give you the words to speak, to share, to proclaim the good news to your friends, your neighbors, 
to those that you don't know very well, the Muslims that come uh, into Winston-Salem. Um, I heard from uh, the mission pastors at the church that, uh, that, we're, that where we're staying right now in, in Old Town, um, that Winston-Salem is going to be receiving some Syrian refugees. Uh, and and how, what a beautiful thing it would be is if at the airport at Charlotte or Greensboro, wherever they come from, that the first people that they see are the hands, the feet, and the voice of Christ. People like you receiving them, loving them on them, people that are genuinely interested in them as people. Um, and perhaps the first person, the first account of experiencing the love of Christ in their lives could be you um, and your church.